Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? Forty. Ni hao. Ham. <laughs> we got Kevin Rudd here. Is <laughs> I don't think Ni hao is Mandarin. No, he's Japanese, isn't it? No, it's uh, it's Chinese. I want to say. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's uh, Cantonese or Mandarin. Let me find out. And Ham. Ah, uh, yes, I am here. And your host, Hamish, back for another week of the Para Podcast. So not too much news last week, given it was the lockdown. And with that, um, all Jersey Fleet and New South Wales uh, reserve grade, the, what is it? It's not the Arrival Live Cup, the... Knock-on effect. Knock-on effect. Knock-on effect, pretty close. Knock-on effect Cup were, were sh- well, shut down indefinitely at this point. Um, so um, let's just run straight through that news. So to start off with, uh, the major competitions involved include round 16, 17 and 18 of the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup, which are 3 to 4 July, 10 to 11 July, 17 to 18 July. So all of those... Uh, competitions, knock-on effect, Jersey Flag, Ron Massey and Sydney Shield have been suspended at this point and it seems likely at present that those competitions will be suspended moving forward um, given the uh, COVID rates keep climbing um, or at least are staying rather high. And so the uh, NRL has expanded the roster bubble to 40-something, which means pretty much all the reserve grade players are up in Queensland right now uh, taking part in the post-sessions. Doesn't that include staff, though? So it's 30 players plus 12 staff or something like that? I think it's 30 plus 11 staff, but 30, I think 40's meaning is that the extended squad is up there. So you'd have your 17 plus an extra 13 players, which are either... Flag, uh, well, they'd all be New South Wales. Are uh, sorry, they'd all be first grade eligible, but they are part of the um, extended squad, so they might have been playing in flag or, or in um, reserve grade. Yeah. Um, I was listening to, to Gus's podcast and there's apparently, I don't know if they've got, they've got two different things in mind. I think one that's being floated around by New South Wales, uh, uh, by the NRL rather, is that some of those players might be able to play in the QRL reserve grade competition or the alternative, which I think has a bit more merit to it, would be for them to organise some sort of reserve or at least a post uh, games between the clubs like beforehand, even if they are only half an hour, just to keep some players, you know, getting their match fitness because we went through this last year and you never know when injuries might strike and it's pretty difficult for a first-grade comp to have to continually rotate players in and out of that first-grade team, um, especially when you're looking at a club like us, which has a pretty heavy run into the finals. You know, we want to keep match fit in our extended squad, but not at the uh, risk of losing a top-four sport spot by losing some games if you're trying to rotate too many players. So we'll see what the NRL comes up with, but hopefully it's something that can accommodate some of those more fringe players getting some game time um, because there's no substitute for actual game time. Um, All right, well, next bit of news is the uh, NRL relocation. So as of, what was it, yesterday, Monday, or was it Sunday night? Sunday night after the week. Yeah, so after deliberations, all Sydney-based clubs have moved up to Queensland. Um, so we're in the uh, the Gold Coast bubble. So a bit of priority there. The blue and gold uh, Either Coast Sunshine bubble. Coast or the, the Gold Coast is where you want to be. Sorry, Forty, you were going to say something? Oh, well, it should be known as the, uh, henceforth, as the Blue and Gold Coast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quite good. Um, so the eight Sydney sides, Manly Souths, Roosters, Wests, Cronulla, Parramatta, Penrith and Canterbury and St. George will all relocate from... 
um, Sydney up to uh, Queensland. And I note that St George had been put in Brisbane as opposed to on the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast. Um, I wonder why. Uh, also, Canberra and Newcastle and the Warriors will also um, base up out of Queensland. Warriors currently being based in centra- on the Central Coast um, have also had to move. Um, I know there was a, a lot of uh, rumblings from Canberra in respect of having to relocate given there hasn't been a COVID case in the nation's capital in at least 12 months. Um, but I think given the Goulburn case today, it might well be that that's going to break. Melbourne, quite fortunate to still be playing at home. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's an issue with that. Does anybody have an issue with that? They've already had to relocate a couple of times in the last year, and while there's no cases down in Melbourne, I don't think there's an issue. I do feel bad for the Warriors. They got kicked out of home, then kicked out of the home that they had to find after getting kicked out of home. So um, it's interesting. It gives um, most of the competition a taste of what the Warriors have dealt with for, it's what, a year and a half now? It's been a long time. So... Yeah, I've got no issues with uh, relocating competition out of Sydney and into Queensland. And uh, assuming that those renovators or movers, whatever it was, the that went from New South Wales to Victoria to South Australia didn't infect Melbourne badly, then yeah, no problems with Melbourne staying in Melbourne. And then in respect of the players' families, the NRL has agreed to pay for families of players to stay at the same hotels as the players. So that's something quite nice, um, especially considering those families, even if they've got children, um, they're currently uh, schooling from home at the moment. So uh, that's a great uh, initiative from the NRL. Um, and in circumstances where this is for the next four weeks at least, but I know my uh, one of my siblings works for uh, in a school and they were advised that they should prepare for five to eight weeks for work from home in term three. So it looks like this lockdown is going to go for an extended period of time. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if this relocation up to the uh, up to um, southeast Queensland remains in effect until the end of the season. To be honest, they might even have to play the grand final away from um, Sydney. Yeah, if we make the grand final, nothing stopping me from going up, putting it down now. They can send all everything at me. I'm walk, I'm walking from my house to Suncorp Stadium. <laughs> You're not going to charter a boat? What was it? Twenty thousand dollars to go see the rugby? Um, Four thousand dollar fine each. <laughs> Uh, well, I might be able to get a dinghy. Is that is that all right? <laughs> um, all right. The impact on the NRLW. So the Eels coming into this season with a team in the expansion. Um, now, they were due to start training on Monday, uh, but Project Apollo has now pushed that date back a week with contingencies for the competition to be worked out this week. So it looks like they're sort of figuring out this week how they're going to um, organise that, given a lot of those players are currently in paid work. So it's not as easy as having a full-time gig in the uh, NRL or the NRLW, rather. Um, so we'll wait and see what they're going to do in respect of the NRLW competition, but we really hope that they can continue ahead this year and there's a way for them to play um, and still earn an income outside of rugby league. I guess one thing would be is just to pay them their full wages like, that they would yeah. have earned. Um, Parramatta have also unofficially signed Emily Curtin from the West Tigers, I believe. Um, yeah, I think we so, discussed that last week, but that's oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, good. can hit her again. Hit her again. <laughs> no, well, you know, you might have heard it here first. Um, yeah, good to see another. We probably made the same joke last week. Good to see another West Tigers halfback joining Barramatta. Yes. And um, 40, I was listening to you and um, and 60s having a discussion about um, uh, our second rowers, Mother. Is she, is she going to be involved in the NRLW team at a coaching level or we're not quite sure? I don't think there's anything official yet, but I think we'll have a 
just a bit of a, a chat with Joey about it, Joey Grimer, saying that, you know, the club certainly wouldn't be losing out by having her in there because she bring, she'd bring an absolute wealth of experience, right? Uh, being a dual international and a phenomenal athlete in her own right. So uh, I'm not sure. She's uh, She seems to be pretty willing to be involved, so I don't know. Maybe she could well, be an Alfie type. Yeah, that, that'd be amazing yeah. if um, she could come in and given what she's done for her son to help the girls uh, get him into tip-top shape and that uh, psychology, I suppose, of uh, you know being competitive. Yeah, well, I saw the hooker for the Broncos team. She's 39 years old, so, um, you know, maybe there's a there's a spot even for her in the squad. Yeah, <laughs> well, she's in ter- <laughs> tremendous shape. Uh, she is uh, yeah, absolutely at the peak of her ability, even in, in her early 40s. So, uh, like you said, Hamish, it wouldn't, wouldn't be uh, beyond the realm's possibility. Um, okay, so with all of that, there isn't too much to review, given we had the bye last week. We smashed the bye, absolutely creamed it, um, got those two competition points. Uh, the rugby league stayed on the same for and the same against, so... Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Um, And then coming out of that weekend's football, one result going our way being Manly going down to Raiders. Um, God, they were awful without Tom Dravojevic, weren't they? That was a... (laughs) Yeah, they were very bad. Uh. Um, Yes, it was a game of Raiders just managing to hold on to the football whilst uh, Canberra decided to throw it back to them every chance they got. Uh, But then the other... Uh, match not going our way. It looked it looked good signs early on for the Cowboys, and then uh, as they want to do, they just fell in a heap. Um, are you thinking their coach uh, would be regretting going to the Cowboys as opposed to staying with the Warriors this season? I think so. Yeah, I think the Warriors. I mean, they're not like their world beaters or anything like that, but they're showing that they're a pretty robust and competitive squad. Uh, got some decent pickups this year. Obviously, Reese Walsh is going to be Rookie of the Year, <clears throat> and you know he will uh, he would have been awesome for Peyton, but. Yeah, made, I imagine he secured the bag, but probably uh, regrets the, the decision in the short term at least because the Cowboys are a mess. Uh, the the Tamalolo 10-year contract is getting worse and worse every uh, week and month that goes on. And I don't know, like their recruitment feels weird. Dearden, Drinkwater, uh, Townsend, like it, it's just a mess. So, yeah. I don't know. And with Warriors, at least, you know, outside of having their coach, uh, they've got some excuses. Yeah. Um, which are, you know, their constant injury rotation and have to play like away being based away from home as well so um yeah just hope that they can uh, sort of get back into the top eight next year um given i think it, that six games they have lost by less than six points um and that's yeah, they've been highly, highly competitive they haven't been blown out much if at all this year but just results going against them so uh, they've got a much better base to build on than the cowboys so I would, i'd expect them to be on the up and up depending on what uh nathan brown and phil gould can do but i feel like the the base of the team there is something that can be uh, moulded to be a top eight uh, stalwart. Um, all right. Well, with all that said, uh, coming into these last eight weeks. Oh, sorry, we we skipped over Origin, although we sort of discussed it last week. Um, but Mitch Moses playing at seven, Junior Paulo starting at um, prop. Uh, the Queensland team is somewhat uh, worse, given they had Jairo coming out of the team um, in circumstances that have been written about, and they also lost um, uh, for feeder as well, given he. Wasn't able to get off that charge, but we'll be playing for fair this weekend. I, I um, thought that, that origin that charge was pretty pretty rubbish. Uh, I don't think there was much in that. He uh, chest bumped the guy off the ball a bit. I don't think it was that hard or that late. I would have been penalty sufficient, but he lost the game for it. Yeah, and an origin game. So yeah. what can you do? Oh uh, well, cost him thirty five thousand dollars. Not much you can do about that. It cost Jay Arrow fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> so some expensive indiscretions there on and off the field. And um. 
the only other news coming out of Origin is that we'll have a couple of players backing up. So for the Titans, is it Alex Bremson? And then they've got Milwaukee Fotowaker and Tino Fasul Malawi. That's yes, their three? That's their three. It could have been four if obviously Perfetta was eligible to play. But is, is AJ Brimson Alex Brimson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Alexander. Alexander Brimson. Never knew. And of course, we'll have uh, Moses and Junior and Gutherson's in the extended squad, but we don't expect him to get into the team. So um, hopefully that's been a nice little break for Gutho to get away and get back around that New South Wales squad. Um, if you're going to play him, I think he just needs to be the backup uh, fullback or backup half. Like, I think you could play him in that 14 role, um, not at centre. He's obviously found out there at that red level. Um, all right, let's get into the Eels Titans preview. There's nothing else to preview. Yeah, there's no reviews or previews outside of NRL now, which is a little bit sad, but them's the breaks as the competition rolls on with um no lower grades now. Yeah, well, my, we might do something like we did last year and just uh, review all the first grade games, just a quick run over some of the other games whilst we review the Eels ones going forward. Because, um, yeah, as you said, there's not much else to do. Oh, I suppose. Given that all the reserve grade competitions are not going to be playing. On that note. It's going to be real hard. On that note. Because... I was going to say, what, what's everyone's take on the Sam Walker controversy running the ball the back? Sam I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Run, Sam <laughs> Walker no ran, controversy. Ran, the ran, the ball, ran the ball back, what, 80, 90 metres? Oh, that one. Yeah. I always used to joke about that, that um, with like 10 seconds to go, just run under your post. So, I mean, it's a it's a what his dad and uncle use. That's what um, yeah, the Walker, tactic Walker that they like, Yeah, I love that sort of stuff. I mean, it does feel like a little bit of hand-wringing about, you know, not much. Um Gain, like always cries about gamesmanship and not in the spirit of the game and whatnot. The NRL could easily make rules to accommodate that sort of thing if they wanted to punish that stuff. So I'm, I'm not too worried either way. Bertie? Well, the problem is, is last year you just kick it into touch, which is the exact same thing, and you'd shave off 30 seconds while you're trying to pack a scrum. But now yeah. as soon as you kick it out, you get to play the ball. So mm-hmm. this is the next thing that you can do. So um, what's the point of giving your opposition a chance to tie up the game, even though the Bulldogs were such a, a slim chance of scoring for from bloody 90 metres away. I mean, um, the no Roosters... just give their opposition a chance. I was going to say, the Roosters probably should have been docked that game just for letting the Dogs get within six, so... And letting Lock and Law score off a chip, chip and chase, so... Scoring a double. Yeah, he got the double, that's yeah. right. But just back on uh, Sam Walker, he could do the gentlemanly thing and fake her cramp. That's <laughs> that's what I want my players to do. Well, Was I'm, it be followed by a, a finger up the bottom of the, say, uh, the opposition? I was, to, I was about to say, you've got to be careful following the, the footsteps of Kenny Edwards now because he went full hopper in the English Super League, good Lord. Well, if it makes them drop the oh, ball. Never well. go full hopper. <laughs> he, did, he did it on somebody new too, didn't he? It was another expat. Cassiano, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was Cassiano. Yeah, yeah there you go. He's got a- I think it was a joke, but it's just like, come on. <laughs> it was like that one where, what was it, one of the Sims brothers? Was it Sims grabbed Willie Mason or Willie Mason? Uh, Willie Mason walked up at the scrum and, and grabbed him in the on the jock and, uh, or the jock strap and the meat and potatoes. Yeah, it's like I understand it's, it's a boys will be boys things, but we can't get away with boys will be boys things anymore. <laughs> nothing, nothing like playing a casual prank on your mate by sticking your finger up his arm. <laughs> yeah. Mate, have you ever been around an, uh, well, a rugby league football locker room? <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, there, there are things that you don't mind, and there's also like stuff like yeah, just a, a casual bit of butt play. You know, there's just nothing between boys. But that's the thing. On the outside looking in, it's like, what the fuck? But you've been in those situations and – just a group of males for some reason just lose the brain capacity. <laughs> There's always one that takes it over the line. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not surprised it was Kenny. No. <laughs> he got a – how long did he get? Ten weeks or more? Yeah, ten weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. Um, all right, well, let's jump into the preview. Bertie, Bertie, you've been awfully quiet. What's going on, mate? I'm um, just doing uh, my super coach of fantasy because um, last week I had a total of five players available. So, <laughs> yeah, I think everybody was screwed last week because it's just those. Yeah, the, I think it just lends itself. Week. Those teams that were playing uh, just didn't have as many fantasy yeah. relevant players. But um, yeah, I'll try to stay away from that whole Edwards stuff. You know, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, preview. So um, yeah, we should win. We should e- win easily. I think Gold Coast. You know, they're they're. Pretty- oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to, I've got to actually run through the team list and stuff, mate. Oh, okay. I mean, so, if you had, have you had any thoughts on the news or or anything oh, outside of that? Actually, serious note. Back to the Sam Walker. I know we've talked about it. You know, it was funny, like, because about a few weeks ago when the crackdown first came out, uh, Robinson talked about game gamesmanship and how plays, you know, laid down wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a good look for the game. So, like, you know, you can't complain when players lay down the milk a penalty and then you have your halfback, you know, your run backwards, you know, denied opportunity, uh, denied opportunity for the, the opposition to have one last crack. So, you know, a bit of like, you can't just don't complain about milking penalties if you're going to do that. Hey, what, that, Robbo, yeah. I'm not sure if it was because of the scoreboard or the way the team played or. He uh, did not look happy after that Sam Walker play. I think he was more worried about how the team played as opposed to the Sam Walker not giving Bulldogs a chance. To it, win looked, that. It, yes. it, looked, it looked like that, uh, I'm not mad at you, I'm just disappointed look. That's that's a killer. <laughs> oh, I saw a bit of fury in his face. <laughs> Even Kiri was laughing or you know, smiling. I, f- I find that funny. But... Uh, I have a... to say, um, the crackdown, um, given that last week's game, I don't know if it was just because it was a... A shortened round, but it seems like the crackdown's over. Uh, oh, crackdown's gone. Shots. Yeah, cracked it. There was one that um, uh, team Manly played. Who did Manly play? Raiders. Raiders. Raiders that's yeah. right. Um, the greatest half combo on the weekend: Matt Frawley and Sam Williams. <laughs> well, uh, the Sam Manly Williams has played a hundred NRL games. Yeah, yeah that's insane. Is it? Right, well, so don't forget he did go to the Dragons up? as well. I'm just, I'm just saying, like. If you have a halves of that, you're automatically thinking, you know, if you get within 20 points, you've done a good job. But they, Man, they had like six repeat sets. They, they controlled that game fantastically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but was that... Okay, so did Canberra play well or were Manly dog shit like their ground? <laughs> it was definitely a combination. <laughs> um, sorry, Ham, you were going to say something about... Oh, no, I was uh, just going to say that one of the Manly wingers like cleaned, like t- cleanly took off a Raiders player's head and just n- not even anything was said in the commentary. I couldn't believe that... It just went unnoticed by everybody. Um, it was when a try was scored. I'm going to say it was against the number. It was uh, Josh Hodgson, I think it was, got absolutely cleaned up. Nothing was said. So, yeah, crackdown's over. They always used to, you know, the joke and the meme is that, you know, it takes a month, maybe even two months before crackdowns are over. And this time they're going, oh, well, no, Peter Bavlandis will make sure that the crackdown stays in effect. And look, been two, what, two months since Magic Round, it's gone. I was just going to say. Yeah. It's not news, but there was a little bit of uh, NRL rumour mongering involving the Parramatta Eels today. Uh, Can we unpack this? Oh, about deal bags, yeah. Oh, well, there's two two pieces. There's uh, deal bags being pursued by unknown clubs, and the Eels will face a fight. Two unknown clubs. Uh, I assume the Warriors might be one of them, and the Tigers, I suppose. Uh, Or maybe. Wait, wait, no. Warriors don't offer contracts. Yeah, but Warriors don't offer contracts unless they're two years out, isn't it? Is that their way of doing it, or was it an accident? <laughs> but but like, I mean, immediately Dylan will have a market when he's available. But I feel like there's a bit of uh, preparatory managerial uh, managerial work there to try and drum up as much interest as possible. But the uh, other one, and shout out to Ron, is uh, about a Aaron. One uh, Aaron Woods potentially being uh, courted by us and the Sea Eagles to be a mid-season pickup because the uh, cutoff is now the end of July, first of August, isn't it, for a mid-season transfer? 
Um, there's also the Broncos are in the hunt, but it said that oh, the article said that he's leaning towards us and Manly. I mean, you wouldn't be going the Broncos for the remainder of a year to no, <laughs> to play for the spoon or thereabouts. You'd, you'd rather be on one of the two teams looking for a top four finish. So I don't know. What do you guys reckon? He he is what he is, right? He's a he's not a plotter, but he's a bit of a you know you just get through the work. Oh, the he's bench. a fucking plotter. He's he soft a as a plotter. pillow. He is a plotter. Uh, he we, is now. We, no, I can understand our, our club. You know, they can turn around forwards and they can, you know, whatever else. But I just have – there's a mental block on Aaron Woods. I watched him torpedo too many frigging origin games with his 40 metres <laughs> or bloody 10 carries and his five missed tackles. And he's just uh, – no. Like, I, I can understand right money. Yeah, sure, turn him around. But for me – you know, if even if he's pulling on the blue and gold, I'll be silently there. Just I won't be cheering him on. I'll just be hoping okay, he doesn't would, fuck up too bad. Would you rather have Sean Lane on the bench or Woods on the bench? Sean Lane. Oh come on! Not after last week or last game. I'm I'm still. You can actually Sean get post contact meters. Yeah, but, but in defense, he's the bloody traffic cone, man. I'm better. You know. Oh, and Woods know. is any better? I, and Woods I, is going to give I, away can, three or four penalties a game. Can I just tell you? Get, Woods has two weeks of not pissing me off before I started turning on him, but it's just late. I'm, he's dead to me, all right? Like, I want him out of the team, out of the state, out of the country. I want him out, I want him away from us because that just pissed me off still. I'm still still burning after that, you know, Friday game, but I don't know. Anything over Lane, I'll take. Oh, goodness. Power podcast. But, oh, oh, but, but for Dylan Brown, I will say I'm a massive Dylan Brown fan. I think he's great, but I wouldn't be offering more than 600K for him. That's just me being polite and me being, you know, a Dylan Brown fan girl. But if someone comes around and offers him 800, 900K, mate, I'm driving him to the airport. I'm driving him anywhere. Just if you're silly enough to pay him that much, he's not proven yet. What has he proven? Okay, he's a great defender, but can he take over a game? Look, I'm not trying to sh- you know talk shit about him or downplay him, but at this stage, he's not worth to be. He's not a marquee half, if that makes sense. So, you know, yeah, I might get to pay still paying there, on but, potential. Exactly. And, but the, the one thing that doesn't, that, that's helping him in um, is just tra- Chad Townsend gets 600K a year. You know, if anyone's get if he can get that, then you know Dylan Brown's worth two million off that. Just doesn't help when there's a um, bunch of spuds off contract or bunch or you know a bunch of spuds get uh, big contracts. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's a desperate club is probably going to offer Dill a lot of money, and you know you're not going to uh, lambast the young fella for taking it. I just hope that you know we sign him up before there's a potential of that happening, um, and he continues to grow with the rest of the spine because I think. You know, go rewind 12 months ago. A lot of the uh, negative comments were about Reed Marnie. You know, oh, Reed doesn't run the ball enough. Reed doesn't kick enough. Reed doesn't um, set up tries. Reed doesn't do this. And then fast forward, give him another preseason. You know, these guys, especially spine players, they've just got to work their way into first grade. As Maddie John said it, first 100 games for an NRL half, you're just you're surviving. You're not thriving, you're surviving. So... I think the best for Dill's yet to come. I think uh, hopefully we'll see it. And, um, you know, I'm not saying Dill will be the next read, but, you know, he's got to give these young fellas time. And I think, you know, while we're top four, we're not losing with Dylan in the team. So I don't see why, you know, all the all the vitriols towards him. Yeah, and I think we discussed it before, is that right edge hasn't had much consistency. And one, Dill's changed from left to right this season. Most attack goes down the left edge in any event, but he's also got to play inside of um, uh, Ryan Madison, who's been in and out with those head injuries. And then he's already had the change of Wunga Blake from 
left to right, uh, well, from right to left rather, and then um, playing with Opachet there now. So, yeah, it's a big change on that edge. So it'll take some time for that edge to, to gel and, you know, they've got about eight weeks left to, to put it all together. So deal, right price. Um, hopefully he'll repay the faith for a team that brought him over from New Zealand when he was only, what, 15, 16? Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, well, let's get to a preview of the game. Titans-Eels, the first match of the round, 6 p.m. on the Gold Coast. So this was when this match was already slated to play, wasn't it? Yeah, we were at the opening game on Friday. And at Seabus as well, wasn't and it? Was, it was a Titans home game, yeah. So we were the uh, quite literally the team least impacted by the at least the first week of this change of the uh, big uh, relocation. All right, well, let's run through the Titans team list at fullback. AJ Brimson, they're backing to back up. Uh, Phil Sammy on the wing. Corey Thompson, the other wing. He's coming back from ankle injury. Uh, Brian Kelly, Patrick Herbert in the centres. In the halves, Taylor and former Hill, Jamal Fogarty. Then in the forwards, Jared Wallace and Milwaukee Fodawaka with Aaron Clark at the nine. Second row is Kevin Proctor, David Fafida and Lock is Tino Fasumala-Awi. And then the interchanges, Tyro Peachy, Sam Lasone, Jamin John. Olaf and Bo Furmore. And the extended bench, Sam McIntyre, Sam Stone, Herman Assisi, or Essie uh Jaden Campbell, Mitch Rain. Uh, so there's five in the extended bench. Is that a new thing for this week? Uh, for Origin Protocol, yeah. So if you're playing the uh, the short game uh, following Origin, you get the extra man on the bench. I think, I don't know if it's contingent on Origin participation, which I assume it would be, but since both teams have got multiple Origin reps, they get the extra man on the uh, extended bench. Next, there, 40. Um, and then for the Eels, Clinton Gutherson, captain and fullback. On the wings, Makasibo and Hayes Dunster retains his spot. Centers, Tom Opacic and Wonga Blake. And then in the halves, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Pullos uh, charged with backing up. Do you reckon we'll see Junior come off the bench like last time? Maybe start Murata or Oregon? I think so. Um, I think Junior will play. I don't think Moses will. I think, you know, with Mitch's calf... Um, Probably having two, th- two games in three days is a bit rough, but Junior should have, what, 40 or so minutes in origin. So I think he'll be fine to come off the bench again. And I think it's, yeah, I think you're right. I'll just do the rest of the list and then we'll talk yeah. about halves. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's cool. Uh, Reed Marnie at hooker. Extent, uh, second row is Isaiah Papali'i, Ryan Madison, and Nathan Brown at lock. Then on the interchange bench, Murata Neokore, Sean Lane, Oregon Kafusi, Bryce Carrine. Extended bench, Will Panasini is in the 18 jersey. Will Smith, Joey Lussick, Jake Arthur, and Keegan Hipgrave. So discussing that halves, do you think it's tactical to have Jake Arthur there or would you expect Will Smith to come in um, in – if it does eventuate, that Mitch isn't going to back up. I think Will will come in. I think Will Smith will come in just because earlier in the season, um, Will was the first backup when Dill was out. It was only when um, Dill was in, uh, suspended and Will was injured that Jake come in. So, yeah, I think Will will come in. Probably suits that left side a little bit better as well. I could see Jake coming into the team, but by the same token, I think Will Smith is uh, probably the favourite there. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, I, I think Mitch probably gets rested, but I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he has a cruisy origin game because New South Wales is just bludgeoning Queensland once again um, if he ends up backing up because he wasn't asked to do too much. Yeah, I wouldn't play Mitch. You know, just it's he's just got that calf niggly complaints and why why risk him on this game? You know, give him a, give him seven to ten days off because we need him come uh, finals time. So maybe I could see maybe Jake comes in for him and maybe Cartwright drops out of the bench and you can have Will Smith also on the bench. But I don't know. I'd rather have Jake than Will Smith, but 
Yeah, I think the smart thing is not to play Mitch because if you know you just gotta look at Manly what they're doing with Turbo. Like he, he with his dodgy hammies, you know they're not gonna play him. So why why risk uh, Moses with his calf? Yeah. Or you could go the big brain, uh, big brain option there. Play Cardi in the halves. Yeah, I was about to say that. Cartwright's six. <laughs> <laughs> that would uh, that would let you know if you're talking about Dylan uh, owning a team, that'd be that'd be the time. Oh, well, I, look. To be honest, my if I had my if I was a coach, I'd rather have I need to have on the bench instead of Lusick or Smith because you know they can give even if you give Marnie a break because you know it's going to be his first game up since um, Newcastle and you know just. I don't expect him to play the full 80, so I just need a utility on the bench. And as much as everyone likes Carter on the bench, I don't think he can play hooker. So, Well, what if you you start with Will Smith and then at some point you move Will Smith to, to hooker at the end of the game and bring Bryce into the halves at that point? Mate, can I just say, Brad, up for watch out. We've got a coach sheet, mate, podcast. <laughs> mate, that's some smart thinking right there. No, I, 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 think, I think that it's just every time I see Will Smith, the back of the head, I think of that Dragons game. And, you know, it's a bit of... I just... I just clinch when he when he has the ball in his hand. So, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he repays the faith this game. Oh, All right. So, Bertie, let's start with you. What, what do you what do you think we can get over the top? So, Titans uh, notoriously bad defenders, but notoriously fantastic in attack when they want to turn it on. Uh, what do we have to do to get over the top of them? Um, just have Sivo Sivo run at uh, Corey Thompson all game. You know they've got a pretty small back line. Like they got monsters in the pack. You know, Fafita, Tino. I'm not going to say his last name. Mo Fadawaka. That's Origin players right there. Just target their back, you know, their back five are pretty small. I think the biggest player there is maybe Herbert, but he's a bit chunky. So, you know, if they had um, Greg Marjo, I'd be a bit worried. You know, he's a bit big, but um, yeah, just target Thompson. He's, he's only five foot four, maybe. Brimson's like five foot two. Like, just kick to them. You know, um, target Wonga Blake. Have that short kick, short kick that's about probably 10 yards from the sideline. And yeah, I just feel as though um, our, backs need to, our backs need to start our set off well because in the last game, um, I guess Panthers are, are back to our back three didn't do much. It helps our sets, you know, get on a roll. So I just want us to start well, and you know, even if it's just Guffer, just scoot it and just scoot the whole time. Don't worry about don't worry about passing it. Just scoot, give give your forwards a bit of um, you know, uh, leverage, and then, yeah. Other than that, it's gonna be tough, you know, because every time we play for feeder, he, you know, he always kills us. But uh, yeah, I'm more confident in this game. But uh, anything can happen. Origin for ends and and forty. Have we lost forty? Sorry, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> what do you think we need to do to get over the top of Titans? Um, I think it's just about playing fundamentally to our strengths, just rolling through the middle with our um, forward pack, and then don't get too sideways. We've spoken about it at length this year um, in terms of where our worst football has come is when we've gone sideways before going forwards, and that's allowed a few teams to get our foot into the door against us that they shouldn't have. And I, I think that the Titans, as flash as they are offensively, uh, struggle fundamentally in defense. So if you can just put a bit of pressure on them there, I think that we'll get away to a pretty comfortable lead. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, you know, I go back to round two. We played them last year. Is uh, that right? Yeah, round it was yeah. uh, round two before the uh, competition went on hiatus, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think um, we were the last game. The way we beat them, just for the first 60 minutes, as Birdie said, just roll it up the middle, just ruck it up the middle, play hard, play tough up the middle. And then from there, I think our end of sets, if we're close enough, just go for those little kicks that we are doing early against Penrith. Even if it's third tackle, fourth tackle, get them – Tackling, because, you know, you big Tino, um, big Dave Fafida, they're attacking players. So if you can get them defending, you're going to sap a lot of energy out of them. And, I've you know, I've noticed Dave Fafida is a bit bit kick-out at the moment. He, <laughs> he he loves the big play. If you can keep him out of the – like, if you can keep him out of a big play um, through him defending, I think you can get him. You'll stop that left edge 
of the tight. But we all know that they're a fantastic attacking team, so we really need our defence. Um, defence and kicking game. In our benefit, as, as an auxiliary to your kicking game comment, um, and also in the red zone, we should be a little bit more crisper because the return of Reed Marnie really polishes that aspect of our game, gives a few different looks in the red zone, whether it's playing the short ball to a forward or a little kick in. Um, and he obviously has a nice clearing kick as well. So very keen to see what Reed does. And the fact that uh, if James Hoopers did believe that the Queensland selectors didn't even bother to contact him for game three is pretty wild. So uh, I hope he has a big game to give them the uh, double barrel salute right there. But yeah, and then in terms of kicks, you know, it's got to come off our boot. As Bertie said, the, their back line's small. You're how, kicking the Corey Thompson. Who's, sorry, how else are we going to kick it? What? I think mean, you said... In terms of off the shin. It's got to come off the yeah. boot. I was going to say... T- I mean, uh, it can come off the shin. I mean, that's... that's. I suppose it's a NRL legal kick, but I wouldn't call it a kick. I'd call it a... Yeah. Sh- you know. All right. So our trials are going to come I, off I, kicks. Crossfield cross kick, yeah. I think, Dylan this week, um, targeting Oppa. Oh, not Oppa. Wunga and Sivo on top of... Um, I think Patrick Herbert does play that side. So Herbert and Herbert's Thompson. right Herbert's right edge, I think, yeah. So he'd be up against Wanga. Yes? Yeah. So yeah, definitely that crossfield kick from right to left. Um I think we can score a few tries from that. All right. Well um yeah, I think I sort of agree with that. Just gotta stay on the ground with Titans. Um and eventually the the defense just does diminish. But um again you've got to keep on, especially on our uh right edge defense, um, making sure that we're getting back. Marcus are getting square, we're numbering up because Titans, when they want to put on the attack, they can certainly attack with the best of the teams in the competition. But um they've conceded almost double the amount of points that we have, so that's that's especially Lord. where they hurt. Yeah, like, so, um, did you have something? I, I was going lordy um, because I, I agree. Um, if you put, they're going to throw a lot at you offensively. We've seen that across the entire season against some good defenses too. But um, they tend to wilt under pressure. So if we just keep our heads in this one and and don't get impatient and don't you know go sideways and, and frustrate ourselves, then I think that there's a chance to rack up some for and against you. But uh, you yeah. about to say something? Yeah, you're going to watch out for Peachy off the bench. You know, he likes to dart across field and you know pick out lazy, lazy defenders. So. Uh, just someone you can't, you know, go half ass into him. You have to literally drive your shoulder into him. So, yeah, other than that, their bench, like, um, nothing scares me, to be honest. Just just peachy, really. But, yeah, just watch out for feet off the taps again. You know, he's a one-trick pony. And, um, and then Brian Kelly's also good out of um out of dummy half. You know, he, he gets a, bit, you know, a fair bit of meters, you know, post-close meters. So, there's a couple sneaky. I'm not saying, you know, they're like, they're like a bottom five team. You know, I just don't think they're a top eight tender. But they have a couple handy players in their team that can sort of hurt you especially of these new um rules and momentum swings and stuff so yeah just you know, just don't give away stupid six scans you know our class will take care of it as always all right well on that note uh what's your prediction birdie first try scorer eventual score uh, i'm gonna go sivo first try scorer and i reckon we're gonna win 28 um 28 6 and i reckon the uh gold coast um i reckon fetal score i reckon you just run over but other than that, I think we'll just we'll we'll lead the whole way, and they'll score some you know try towards the end. But um, I'm expecting a, a great defensive effort, like a lot of contact. I'm talking about not 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 many uh, missed tackles, and we're going to literally drive the shoulder in and um, yeah, get a bit physical in defense, and, um, restrict them, restrict their post meters. So over to um, forty. Oh, there, microphone. Nice little toss over, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, I'll go for a bit of a, a more uh, higher margin of victory there. I'll go thirty-eight to four. Uh, Parramatta Eels to win and first try scorer for Parramatta I'll go with Maddo um, I'll tip the uh, the big man to have a big game yeah. um, assuming Moses is out assuming Moses is out first try scorer 
how he's done stuff. And the score, I think, will be Parramatta 26 to the Titans 18. All right. Well, I've got us winning 32-16 uh, with first try scorer Wonga Blake. Back in the winner's circle here after I tipped a loss against Penrith, uh, to which you guys were uh, holding me account. I did listen in. <laughs> hey, it was your fault we did lose, so... It, it certainly was. It certainly wasn't on the back of, uh, you know, a couple of dropsies and whatever else. I don't else. want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Yeah, we'll put, that game in the, yeah we'll put that game in the, uh, the rear view mirror. Um, and, yeah, hopefully crack on for our 13th win of the season, which would be uh, very, very nice. Um, and get us back on track. Yes, that's right. So we're on 12 wins at the moment. So so that'd be like, I know, I know it's different this year because we're probably already guaranteed top eight, but that sort of 13 win, that solidifies your top eight spot there. Pretty much, because the next best is Sharks on seven. So um, we need pretty much... Uh, sorry, the, the next best just outside of the top eight is Knights on seven, and their four and against is minus 93. So we'd have to pretty much lose every game, just about, and Knights need to win every game for us to, to not make it already. So it'd be pretty catastrophic uh, if we weren't. Um, but this game and next week, and then, I don't know, do you, do you count the Roosters game as a game that we should win? At this point, yes. Yeah, I, I think yeah. imagine that would be the expectation internally, is that you'd you figure that even though they miss, they've still got more representative players than us, uh, you'd want us to be winning that one, yeah. Well, so, the thing yeah. is, you know, especially with um, Taukiaho getting dropped for being an idiot, um, yeah, you look at that team and we've, we've got it pretty much over them in every position. Yeah, so this next run of three games is probably crucial in respect of our top four chances. As we discussed earlier, Raiders giving us a leg up by defeating Manly. Um, but, you know, we could go through to the end and only drop games to um, the Rabbitohs, Penrith and Storms. So that's three games drop and we're pretty much guaranteed of top four, but, you know, if we're dropping a couple of these other ones when you've got a tough game against Manly coming up on the 14th, and we really should beat the Cowboys, but outside of that, we've, yeah, again, we're playing the top six teams, um, all of them. So, what's that? Roosters, outside of ourselves, we're playing Roosters, Rabbitohs, Manly, Storm, and Panthers, which are the other five of the other top six teams, excluding ourselves. All right, which is perfect for us heading on. Battle hardened. We've got to finish off with Storm and then Penrith. Um, you know, that will probably be playing one of those teams in week one of the finals. Got a preference? Um, anybody but Storm down in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, because at least Penrith will be up in Queensland probably. Um, I think we can beat well, both. Oh, it's too far away. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot of football to be played and a lot of injuries, a lot of everything else uh, that can occur in the last eight weeks of football after the finals. A lot uh, of but that's certainly where we need to listen. Yeah, well, let's just hopefully no eels. They behave themselves up to this point, so hopefully they can keep um, uh, themselves in check and not listen to Paul Gallon's advice about having to get out of the town. Oh, um, I see uh, on social media a couple of our boys are into the um, jigsaw puzzles. Stick with, <laughs> stick with the jigsaw puzzles, fellas. You don't need you don't need the hanky panky. <laughs> uh, not not the human torture trap stuff though. Uh, not the uh, Hollywood jigsaw, please. No. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, um, outside of that, uh, non-NRL uh, related, uh, England not coming home. Ah, oh, uh, the NBA rolls on. Rome. Who'd support England? Yeah. Seriously, who would? Ugh, losers. That's who would. What a Dare bunch you. of uh, losers. Ash Barty winning Wimbledon. Yeah, that one was very great. Good. That was. Um, she was very emotional. Um, in the moments after that, obviously, uh, Yvonne Gulagong was a huge idol for her growing up. And uh, was it the 50th anniversary? 
of um yes uh, Yvonne Gorgong's seventy one. Yeah. 71. So to do it um, in, that, in that manner on that date is obviously uh, beautifully poetic. And, yeah, she's uh, she's copped a lot of criticism about being an unworthy number one and all this rubbish. So it's good to see her uh, silence the doubters with, uh, you know, the most iconic of all the Grand Slams, Wimbledon, the big daddy of them all, so, or the big mama in this case. And, yeah, well done to her. She's been tremendous for a long time. And Tokyo Olympics just around the corner. Is that going to go ahead, or it just no, well, they're, seems they're, crazy that it is? No crowds now. Like there's pretty much nothing. Um, in Olympic news, though, the Boomers knocked over the uh, Dream Team. Uh, Paddy Mills. Unless they can do it in the Olympics. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, the the Dream Team lost to both us and was it uh, Nigeria? Nigeria. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so they're in a not shambles, but not doing too well. <clears throat> And yeah, so that was that was good to see. I was trying to think. Uh, oh, oh sorry. In, in non-sports news, I get my Pfizer number one vaccine tomorrow because I'm in the household of a frontline. Ah, uh, there you go. So he's a important man, Mr. Hamish. But yeah, that's good to see. Um, and that's yeah, I went to try book it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'll get upgrade to the five G tomorrow. <laughs> um, I'm told it, it takes the second the second shot to to get control of all the the technology around me. And um, get uh, magnetized too. I've seen people put spoons on their faces. Yes, um, I, I've, I've got to go top down from 5G cell towers soon as well, because uh, that's what's really spreading this COVID business. Oh, um, yes. But yeah, yeah, go try to get vaccinated if you can. Um, I know it. when I went to go uh, book, because I, I wasn't able to get the Pfizer to start off with, but when I went to go book for the AstraZeneca, and you know, don't take medical advice off me, um, but I could actually get in for a booking even though I'm under that 40 uh, age bracket. So yeah, may as well go try your luck whether or not you can, um, yeah, depending I, on. Um, there's also the vaccine eligibility uh, checker online. If you just Google that, you can um, ask a few questions. And it, uh, one of the questions is, are you willing to have the AstraZeneca? If you say yes, you can book in. Um, I've tried. I'm in my late 20s. So um, if you're willing to get the AstraZeneca, you probably can get that uh, as soon as possible. Yep. And so I'm keen to get the – well, I'm fortunate enough to get the Pfizer because I just live in a, in a household that's got a front – Line healthcare worker, so. Do you go to Joey's? Is that? <laughs> no, I, I don't have that level of privilege, but uh, I am quite privileged to be working from home and not have to go out and uh, front all the crazy people that want to be outside in this time. Um, yeah, I feel sorry for people that have got to work at this point and just can't you know, stay home and work from home. Oh, I feel your pity. I feel your pity. Yes. Um, all right, well, guys, we'll wrap it up there on that sad note. Uh, we've got something to look forward to, which is uh, Mitch Moses dicking or dunking on Queensland tomorrow and uh, followed by uh, Eels winning against the Titans. And so that'll be the double against Queensland in one week. Good. All right, cheers, boys. I'll catch you on the next podcast. See you then. Ciao, ciao. Bye.